you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I am Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hi, hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. And on this week's episode, we're going over the well-known Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> there are a handful of versions for this one, but we will be focusing on the newest one that was released in 2019. So that one is fairly new, so I thought it would be the most talked about. Fair. Sure. So a little bit of background about this show. Little Shop of Horrors is a horror comedy rock musical, and the music is by Alan Menken, and the book and lyrics are by Howard Ashman. The musical is loosely based on the low-budget 1960s dark comedy film The Little Shop of Horrors. And oddly enough, this film was shot in two days and one night on leftovers from the director's previous film. So- oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah, super low budget. The music is set in the style of the early 1960s, and it features rock and roll, doo-wop, and early Motown. Indeed. So, a lot of good music in there. As far as productions go, the musical first premiered off-off-Broadway on May 6, 1982, at the Workshop of the Players Art Foundation, or WPA Theater, and it closed on June 6, 1982. It opened off-Broadway at the Orpheum Theater on July 27, 1982, where it ran for five years, ending on November 1, 1987. At the time, its 2,209 performances put it at the third longest-running musical and the highest-grossing production in off-Broadway history. Nice. It did have a chance to be transferred to Broadway, but Howard Ashman decided it was fine where it was. It kind of fit a smaller theater. Hmm. This made the show ineligible to receive nominations for the 1982 Tony Awards. Wow. It went to the West End on October 12th, 1983 at the Comedy Theater. It ran for 813 performances and closed on October 5th, 1985. An Australian production opened and was played across three theaters at different times, running from January 14th, 1984 to February 1985. There was also a 1985 Canadian production, but I don't know much about that one. Huh. Okay. The show did go quiet for a while for the stage production, but they planned to return to Broadway in 2003. So there was a pre-Broadway production at the Miracle Theater on May 16th, 2003. Some neat facts about this show for you. So Lee Wilkoff, who originated the role of Seymour in 1982, was cast as Mr. Mushnick in this production. So that's pretty cool. Neat. The Jim Henson Company helped create and operate new puppets for the show. Hunter Foster, Sutton Foster's older brother, who is also super accomplished on stage, played Seymour. And Alice Ripley, who we know from Next to Normal, played Audrey. And Billy Porter, who is awesome and I definitely love, (laughs) voiced Audrey too. That's really cool. (laughs) It's a pretty cool cast, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Critics complained that the show had expanded too much to fit the large theater and therefore lost its original intimacy. They also complained about miscasting. Boo. And then the Broadway production was canceled in June 2003. However, they fired their original director for a new one, who proceeded to fire everyone in the cast except for Foster. (laughs) Which rude, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And so he redirected the production from scratch and announced new casting in July of 2003. So finally, the show made its Broadway debut at the Virginia Theater on October 2nd, 2003. Obviously, like we just said, the cast did change. So it starred Hunter Foster, Carrie Butler... Rob Bartlett, Douglas Sills, and Michael Leon Woolley. Weirdly enough, even though it had never played on Broadway, it was deemed a revival for the Tony Awards of 2003 because of its success as a film and its regional productions. Which, I mean, sure. Whatever works. This production stuck pretty close to its other 1982 productions. 
Then there was a U.S. national tour on August 10th, 2004 that closed on April 16th, 2006. The show had an off-West End production on November 17th, 2006 at the Menier Chocolate Factory. And yes, this is a theater that used to be an actual chocolate factory. So that's pretty dang cool. (laughs) It is pretty cool. It now has a restaurant, bar, and rehearsal rooms as well as its theater. So I did, I yeah, extra research on it because it seemed cool. <laughs> Guys, you also missed out on a glorious pun. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Come oh, on. All right, oh, so fine. we're going to go see it and we're going to leave Matt here, right? <laughs> yeah, because yes. he's fine. All right. <laughs> so interesting bit about this show, the iconic Venus flytrap design was switched out for a pitcher plant design. Okay. What? Okay. Which actually looks pretty okay. You know, but it's, it is very different. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it not being how it is, but all right. Yeah. Whatever works. The show then transferred to the Duke of York's Theater in March 2007, and then transferred to the Ambassador's Theater, where it ended its run on September 8, 2007. This show also saw the return of its original Seymour, portraying the role of Mr. Bushnick. Yeah, I like that idea that they, they bring someone back mm-hmm. to play the older version. Yeah, that's super cool. In 2009, this cast went on tour. In July of 2015, the show was run at the New York City Center as part of a three-performance Encores Off-Center series. So Encores is a Tony-honored concert series dedicated to performing rarely heard American musicals, usually with their original orchestrations. I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, I, I, it's the first time it really popped up, I think, for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. And then uh, after that, there was a Australian tour and a UK tour in 2016. After that, it went to London's Regent's Park Open Air Theater from August 3rd to September 22nd, 2018. This production had Vicky Vox, a drag queen, voicing Audrey 2, and also included the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which was written for the 1986 film as an encore number. So, noise. There was an off-Broadway revival at the Westside Theater, which opened on October 17th, 2019. This cast included Jonathan Groff, Woo. Tammy Blanchard, Christian Borrell, and Tom Allen Robbins. The show was put on hold on March 11th, 2020 because of COVID. Who would have guessed? It reopened on September 21st, 2021 and saw Jeremy Jordan take over (gasps) the role of Seymour. (laughs) I love him. (laughs) All right, calm down. (laughs) Please. Also during this time period, the Pasadena Playhouse held a production from September 17th to October 20th, 2019. This cast included George Salazar, MJ Rodriguez, Amber Riley, Kevin Chamberlain, and Matthew Wilkes. The Late Late Show with James Corden featured Salazar and Rodriguez as musical guests on October 1st, 2019, singing Suddenly Seymour. I'm pretty sure I've seen that clip. It's pretty great. And of course, we have to talk about the film. Like, you've probably seen this show. It was played if you took any theater course ever in high school. You saw this film just for a fact. It was it was just really good. Yeah. So in 1986, a film version of this musical was made. It saw Frank Oz directing and is the only film ever written by Howard Ashman, which is interesting. Huh. It starred Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardinia, Steve Martin, and Levi Stubbs. There was also small roles portrayed by Bill Murray, John Candy, and Jim Belushi. Fun fact, the masochistic dental patient, which is played by Bill Murray in the movie. Fantastically, I might add. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> was also in the original 1960 film and was played by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is wild to me because it was like a super B, B film. So, uh-huh. I don't know. 
The film closely follows the plot of the musical, but omits several songs, removes Seymour's adoption by Mushnick, changes the ending, and adds the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which is one of my favorite Broadway songs, which is technically <laughs> not a Broadway song, but it's fine. Tragic. It's good. The ending is shown as Seymour rescuing Audrey from Audrey 2 and then successfully electrocuting Audrey 2 to death. There was an alternate ending filmed that follows the musical's ending, where Audrey 2 eats everyone, then grows to enormous size, and goes on a rampage through New York. Yes! Woohoo! This was not received well by test audiences, so it was removed from the original film, but it does appear on the director's cut version of the DVD and Blu-ray, so I need to find that and watch it instantly. Yeah, I now need to watch that. <laughs> it I imagine with the um the technology of the time it probably looks super hokey but Which I is why I want to see it. <laughs> it's probably some man in a plant suit just like stomping after people. Oh, like the man. old Godzilla films. Oh man. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So it was announced in February of 2020 that a new adaptation of the film was in the works, which of course will also be a musical. The show will see Alan Menken and Howard Ashman returning to handle the music and lyrics. Which I am super relieved about. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. As of right now, no release date has been set and the production has been put on hold because, you know, COVID. Yeah. COVID. Uh, It was cited that the original budget of the film did not encapsulate costs of new COVID-19 safety procedures, so the movie cannot proceed until that's gone, I guess. So, fingers crossed. Well, I just have to... Yeah, wiggle that around, I suppose. And so there are some rumors of the cast, so we will share them with you, but nothing has been officialized yet, so please don't take this as official word here. Right. So we could potentially see Taryn Egerton as Seymour, which I I do like him, so all right. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, he possible. can really sing, so I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson as Audrey, which, which is interesting um, to me. I don't, mm, all right. Uh, Chris Evans as Orin, which would be fantastic. Right. Like, I think that'd be hilarious. (laughs) And Billy Porter returning as Audrey 2. Yes. Perfect. I think Billy Porter is the only one that's, like, more official than everybody else. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. But for you listeners out there, let us know what you think of this cast or what your dream cast is. I'm curious. And... Fun little note for you. Chris Evans has said that he is dying to do this project, which (laughs) makes me so happy. It really does. (laughs) And so he wants everyone to let Warner Brothers know that we really want it. So please, guys, put good vibes into the universe and shout some stuff at Warner Brothers so that they make this movie for us. (laughs) Please make this movie. Yeah. I need it. I need it. So we're also going to talk about some awards because, of course, the show has, you know, been around, right? It's pretty great. Yeah. So in 1983, it was nominated for six Drama Desk Awards and won two. And it was also nominated for two Outer Critics Circle Awards and won both. It was nominated for one New York Drama Critics Circle Award for Best Musical and won that one. And it was nominated for two Laurence Olivier Awards, but didn't win those. They tried. In 1984, it was nominated for a Grammy Award for its theater album, but it lost that, unfortunately. In 1986, the film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, but did not win. In 2004, it was nominated for a Tony Award, a Drama Desk Award, and three Outer Critics Circle Awards, but didn't win any of them. In 2008, it was nominated for three Laurence Olivier Awards, but didn't win them. I'm sensing a pattern. In (laughs) 2019, it was nominated for a Laurence Olivier Award, but didn't win it. 
in 2020. It was nominated for four Lucille Lordel Awards, and it actually won one of them. <gasps> it was nominated for four Drama Desk Awards and won two of them. Nominated for three Drama League Awards and won one. It was nominated for four Honorary Outer Critics Circle Awards, uh, which was like a special event for COVID. Mm. Yeah, we talked about it in one of our previous episodes where every theater production from that um, chunk of time got an honoree award. There was no like winners or losers per se. Yeah. So. Which is kind of cool. They were there. And then they were nominated for another Grammy Award for the theater album, but did not win that. But they tried a whole lot. So despite how much we love the show, it didn't actually win that many awards. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nominated for some. Nominated for a ton. And apparently like. None of the ones from the UK worked out. <laughs> they did not like them very much. But they were nominated for a bunch, and we think they deserve all of them. So that's just our opinion. <laughs> yes. So with that background out of the way, let's go ahead and hop into our act one. Woo! I will say before we jump into this one, the music actually does follow the storyline pretty well. So you can get the majority of the story from just listening to the music, especially if you're listening to the one that we are covering today, which we will be linking in the show notes for our Spotify. So the the original one in the 2021 kind of has more songs to break it up. Whereas like the film, you know, there was a couple less songs, but you didn't really need it for the film. But for this one, it does follow along pretty good. So you're not going to miss too much. Is it mama approved? It is mama approved, except for all the murder. <laughs> Which surprisingly still falls under the mama approved category because she also loves the show. Murder. Murder, murder. All right. So we open with an offstage voice recalling a time when the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. Dun, dun, dun. Corona. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> We meet a trio of street urchins named Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon, who set the scene in the song Little Shop of Horrors. They work as sort of narrators throughout the show, so you're kind of always going to see them. We meet Seymour Krellborn, who is a poor young man. He has lived on Skid Row his entire orphaned life. We also meet Audrey, who is a pretty blonde who is kind of ditzy, but also living on Skid Row. The two are co-workers at Mushnick's Skid Row Florist and dream of getting out to better lives in the song Skid Row Downtown. Mr. Mushnick, their employer, is a cranky old man who is upset that business is dead. Which, fair, I guess. Mm -hmm. Seymour says that maybe they should put his newly obtained Venus flytrap out to attract business. Seymour describes how he found the plant by accident during an eclipse while he was shopping in the flower district in the song Dadu. Seymour names the plant Audrey too, as he is secretly in love with Audrey. Secretly. Secretly? Uh Uh-huh. Secret. (laughs) It's so secret. Uh Uh-huh. Secret. (laughs) The plant, unfortunately, isn't doing well, and Seymour frets about it dying, having done literally everything he can think of. Seymour cuts himself on some rose stems, which draws blood. The plant reacts to the blood, and Seymour decides to allow the plant to suckle on his finger in the song Grow For Me, because what could ever go wrong with that? Let me tell you, at this suck. point, I would throw the plant out, because... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd be like, never mind. Yeah, not it. <laughs> Show over. It, this, nope. <laughs> the end. <laughs> be gone, plant. Exactly. Audrey 2 begins to grow, and as it grows, it draws attention and starts generating business for Mushnik. As the caretaker of the plant, Seymour is suddenly regarded as a hero in the song You Never Know. Audrey is dating an abusive man, but secretly longs to leave him and live a dream life in suburbia with Seymour in the song Somewhere That's Green. The employees are sprucing up the flower shop because of the new popularity and ever-growing Audrey 2 in the song Closed for Renovation. The sadistic dentist Oren Scrivello. 
He thrives on giving his patients pain and is addicted to laughing gas. In the song Dentist, which is pretty Dentist. great. Dentist, you gotta say it with the exclamation point. Dentist. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Wishnick starts to realize that his business relies solely on Audrey too, and by extension, Seymour. Oops. He decides to take advantage of Seymour's naivety and offers to adopt him and make him a business partner. Seymour has always wanted a family, so he accepts, even though Mishnick has always uh, mistreated him. Oh, well, I guess. And he's a grown man. <laughs> Listen, he... Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there's paperwork for it, right? right. There is. There, yeah, I mean, technically, is. you can adopt, like, anyone, so whatever, I That's guess. true. <laughs> so this all happens in the song Mushnik and Son. Seymour is having trouble keeping up with Audrey II's blood needs as the plant is quite large. When he stops feeding it, the plant reveals that it can talk and demands blood. It promises to make all of Seymour's dreams come true if he gets fed and suggests that Seymour kill people to get the blood. Seymour initially denies killing, but witnesses Oren abusing Audrey and decides that that's justification enough to kill him and feed him to the plants in the song Feed Me. Get it. But also, like, I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a trash human, so. Yeah, if I had a hungry plant, I mean, I might just push an abuser into it. <laughs> One can be an accident. Yeah. True. Yes. Two is a pattern. Yes. <laughs> so Seymour sets up an appointment late at night with Oren, intending to kill him. He ultimately loses his nerve and decides not to do it. Oren gets himself high on nitrous oxide, but the device gets stuck, suffocating him while he begs Seymour to help. Seymour couldn't bring himself to shoot the man, but he's okay with allowing him to asphyxiate. In the song, Now It's Just the Gas. Which, sure. <laughs> the song is really fast and like hard to sing, yeah, it but is. it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's like, why are you just standing there? Can't you hear me? Or <laughs> Seymour just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. So Seymour feeds Audrey to Oren's body and the plant consumes it in the song Act 1 Finale, which, surprise, is the Act 1 Finale. Wow. Ah. Yes. Wild. So we are actually already into our intermission. Wow. What? We made it. Do, wow. do, 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 do. How do we feel about this version, since I know most of you have just seen the movie? I mean, it still sounds fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still sounds Still very, fun. like, dark humory. Yeah. I approve. Yeah, it definitely adds... Super proof. It adds so much, honestly. Um, like, the movie's great. It is. But I have seen it live, like, with this production. Not recently, but with, like, the extra songs and stuff. Yeah. And you do just get so much more of the story, honestly. It's just more intense as a musical, which, I mean, yeah. So, it's pretty great. Yeah, I saw it, um, I don't know how many years ago. I was... I was smaller, you know, I don't remember what age, but I was pretty small and we went to go to a different theater to go see it. It was like out of town or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but the scene, like they, they really went like all in on Oren's death where Seymour actually like chops up the body and feeds it to the plant and stuff. And like the way the theater did it was super gross and their lighting was like perfect. And as a child, it really freaked me out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, understandable. Was there a splash zone? It, it, it could have been a splash zone. Like, I was expecting intestines to fly out of me. Oof. For real. Even though we were all the way in the back of the theater, it was fine. Wow. But hmm. that's how immersed I was. <laughs> so this one is a really good show to see live. Mm -hmm. I, I would recommend it. And also, fun fact, because it is a small cast... And their really only super expensive thing is the puppets it themselves. A lot of community theaters actually do this one, so you do have a higher chance of catching this one. So be on the lookout for it, because we recommend. Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay. Kylie, I have a long fact for you to read. There is. Fun fact about the show. 
the character of Audrey too is described as being an anthropomorphic cross between a Venus flytrap and an avocado. <laughs> it has a huge nasty looking pod that gains a shark-like aspect when open and snapping at food. The creature is played by a series of increasing large puppets. Yeah. Amateur productions of Little Shop of Horrors received designs for building the puppets from MTI. This is included in their cost of renting the scripts and scores. The design is based off of Martin P. Robinson's original designs. Which I think it's cool that that's included in their, their rental price for the show, because I wouldn't even know where to start if I just had the show. Yeah, I'd just go Home Depot, find a little Venus flytrap, and say, here you go. Here you go. Good mm-hmm. luck. Have fun. Some companies have also sold their own puppets after their show has concluded in order to recoup some of the cost of construction. Which is very smart and thrifty. Go for them. Mm-hmm. I can give a bit of perspective on this because our high school did this back in the day. We're not going to talk about how long ago that was. Back in the <laughs> day. 10 years. And I was actually on the props crew for the show. And we didn't build the puppets ourselves. We like rented them from I don't know oh, where. Okay. Maybe another school? Yeah, maybe some like someone else in the area that had made them or something. So we rented them. And there were like three different sizes, I think. Because there was one that like sits on a table and someone had to like crawl underneath it and control it with their hand. And then there's one that Seymour holds at one point. And so that's like a jacket with a fake arm around it. So then Seymour's hand is like controlling it. Yeah, that is pretty common. And then the big one, which this was the hardest part of the show because it actually gets switched out during a song. So there's a song and you, they like hold the sheet up for a few seconds and we like timed this. We had to have it down to a science um, where there was yeah. a back door in the set and we had to open it up. We had to pull the old plant. So I guess there was a medium or like a size three out of four was like there. And we had to pull that out and put the new one in quietly, quickly, without being seen by the audience. Oh my. And then they like dropped the sheet and the giant plant was there and it's just like da da da. I'm a big plant. Right. And then someone has to control the big plant, obviously. So we had two Audrey 2 actors. One was the voice and one was like the movement. And that's also the biggest one that is like open all the way through, right? Because it eventually eats people. So yeah, (laughs) it has to like go all the way through it. So yeah, like the puppeteering for that was intense. And that was the hardest part of the show as props to like move it and have it look as lifelike as possible but also, like, not oh, yeah. be seen by the audience, you know? It was super weird. That yeah. is, yeah. That sounds super extra crazy. difficult, especially for high school. Yeah. This was just a high school theater, so, like, we were <laughs> complete amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it work, and that's the important part. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, I don't think I actually... I think I missed that one. I was gonna actually audition for it, but I lost my nerve. And I did oh. see that one. That's a bummer. Big oops. Yeah, I meant I meant to see the, see it, though, but I just missed it. Then let's sprout our way into Act 2. Sprout? That's pretty good. Doo-wop our way into Act 2. Let's chomp our way into Act 2. Slurp? 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 <laughs> let's give Act 2 a good suck. Uh, mm, nope. No. <laughs> You're fired again. Don't like that. Double fired. Bye. I'm head out. <laughs> now you're hired again. Joke's on you. You just can't say what you said before. Yes. HR. <laughs> Strike it from the record. It never existed. Never happened. Alright, act two. So the flower shop has gotten even busier and Seymour and Audrey have trouble keeping up with all the orders in the song Call Back in the Morning. 
Audrey confides to Seymour that she feels guilty about Orin disappearing, and that she kind of wished for it to happen, which is fair, Mm -hmm. don't feel bad. The two admit their feelings for each other, and Seymour promises he will take care of her from now on in the song Suddenly Seymour. The two decide to leave together and start a new life. Seymour mistakenly assumes Audrey only loves him because of his newfound fame, not knowing that she has had feelings for him since before Audrey too. Before the two leave, Mushnik confronts Seymour about Orin's death. Mushnik had put all the pieces together of the bloody dentist uniform, blood drops on the floor, and seeing Audrey and Seymour kiss. Seymour denies killing Orin, but Mushnik insists that he give a statement to the police. Audrey too tells Seymour that he has to kill Mushnik or he'll lose everything, including Audrey, in the song Supper Time. This plant is not the least bit manipulative. Seymour tricks Mushnik into getting close to the plant, and Audrey too swallows him up. Whoops. Oops. Seymour realizes that the plant will always want to kill, and he is morally responsible. I mean, after two deaths, he should get to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. He considers killing the plant, but doesn't want to lose his fame, believing that that will lead Audrey into leaving him. In the song, The Meek Shall Inherit. As Seymour begins work on a lecture tour, Audrey too again demands blood. Seymour threatens to kill Audrey too. And then Audrey walks in and asks when Mushnik will return from visiting his, quote, sick sister. Uh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, about that. Uh, So Seymour learns that Audrey will love him even without the fame and decides that Audrey too must die after an interview the next day. Audrey is confused by Seymour's wild ramblings, but goes home upon his insistence. Audrey is unable to sleep, worried about Seymour, and so she decides to go to the flower shop to talk to him. Unfortunately, he's not there, and Audrey too begs her to water him. <laughs> of course, she is surprised by the talking plant, but she's an idiot and senses no danger here and just, like, goes up to water it. <sighs> she's like, yeah, you're right, my bad. Let me, feel, let me water you. This part me always there, bothers plant. me. I know, she's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so a vine wraps around her and pulls her into Audrey 2's mouth in the song Samanex slash Suppertime 2. No, Audrey. Ah. And so Seymour arrives and attacks the plant to try to get Audrey out. He succeeds in pulling her out, but she is mortally wounded. No. No. And so her dying wish is for Seymour to feed her to the plant so that she can always be cared for by him. And just always be with him. Which is stupid. Which is (laughs) stupid. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works, Audrey. It's not. Because I'm in the plant, plant, I'll be part of the plant, and then I'll be with you. I don't remember. Anyway. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's a thing. She, she wants to be watered and fed by him, and it's weird. Yeah. Stop it, Audrey. It's, it's you gross. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so she dies in his arms, and he reluctantly honors her request and feeds her to the plant in the song Somewhere That's Green reprise. Seymour falls asleep, and Audrey too sprouts small red flower buds. Hmm. Which is adorable, but still ick. The next day, Patrick Martin from the World Botanical Enterprises tells Seymour that they want to take clippings of Audrey too to sell in florist shops across America. No! <laughs> Seymour realizes that this was the plant's evil plan all along to conquer the world. Seymour tries to shoot, cut, and even poison the plant, but it has grown too hardy. In desperation, he runs into the mouth with a machete, planning to kill it from the inside. Because he's smart. <sighs> This plan, of course, doesn't work, as he is promptly eaten. Yep. Wow. I don't know what he expected, but uh, that was not it. <laughs> I'm going to save the day. Oh, no! <laughs> Oops. <laughs> 
So Patrick, Crystal, Renette, and Chiffon search for Seymour, and not finding him, Patrick just goes forward with taking the cuttings, because sure. Crystal, Renette, and Chiffon relate that after these events, other plants like Audrey too start appearing across America. They trick innocent people into feeding them blood in exchange for fame and fortune. Audrey too appears bigger than ever. It has open flowers that reveal the faces of Seymour, Audrey, Mushnik, and Orin. Gross. Mm-hmm. They all beg that no matter what, no matter how persuasive the plant is, you must not feed it. In the song Finale Ultimo, don't feed the plants. And then Audrey too slithers towards the audience as if to eat them too. Ah! No! It's, it's coming right for us! Ah! <laughs> So in some productions, like leaves and stuff will drop from the ceiling. And another production had like a huge projection of Audrey 2 portrayed into the audience. It was kind of cool. But yeah, that's that's the show. Um, It doesn't get a happy ending. Everyone dies. And theoretically, the entire world is destroyed. So cool. Sweet. Yay. Yeah. The end, everybody. (laughs) Literally. What do we think? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just... It's Little Shop. I mean, it's right there in the title, Little Shop of Horrors. You can't expect this to have a happy ending. Yeah, the the movie definitely tricked a lot of people. Yeah. You know, because the ending did work out for them. Yeah. Tricked me. Yeah, because like Seymour did terrible things and then never really got punished for it. Yep. Although you could argue like it wasn't his fault. Well, but also. <laughs> but also. Even though they deserved it, you probably shouldn't have uh, killed them. Nope. It's a really good show, and I think that the the musical, the stage version, is is still really, is super awesome. But I, I love the movie. It has a special place in my heart. I will watch it any day of the week. But I do like the added um, spots and songs in the actual original. It's, uh, it's goofy fun, and I like it. Goofy fun with a touch of murder. Wow. Yay. Right up our alley. <laughs> a exactly. touch of murder? <laughs> you mean a lot of murder. Uh... Quadruple murder. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a really good show and we definitely recommend seeing it. Again, it should be, you know, a little more common amongst community theaters. So go check it out. And if a high school, if our high school can do it, which let me tell you, we didn't have a huge budget. Your high school can do it too. So bring it up. Let's go. Do it. Make some plants, eat some people. Have fun. Maybe don't. Normal stuff. Don't do that. But definitely go see the show. Normal stuff. Yeah, go see the show. Support your local community theaters, as we always recommend. Yes. This is a pretty great show, and it gets stuck in your head really easily. Like, I don't know if that's just me. Oh, my God. But it's No, it's not. And it's just fun to sing. And so, yes, this is one I do find myself returning to, just to listen to, because it's fun. I do typically listen to the full album, not the movie album, but... I am curious to listen to the newer ones because I haven't. I'm still listening to like the original Broadway production or whatever. So I might have to uh, go around and listen to the other ones. Yeah, you definitely should. Like I, I listen to this one. I haven't. I usually focus on the, the movie one because that's the one I grew up with. But uh, I listened to the 2020, well, the 2019 version for this version. And I got to say, like, I love Jonathan Groff as Seymour. He was perfect for Seymour. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't like who they picked for Audrey. Yeah, see, that that is one problem I do have the show, is the way they play Audrey was such, like, a high-pitched, I don't know, like... No, that's the problem. Like, they didn't, they didn't? do that. Mm. No, and that's... Like, they, they picked, like... um, And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing in terms of character, but not for this character, personally. Mm-hmm. But she, like, sounds kind of like... 
She's from the Bronx, I guess. Oh. She sounds too strong to be so stupid, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Not airheady enough. Yeah, yeah, she's not an airhead, which like at the end when she's like, let me just go kill myself with this plant. It doesn't make any sense for who she's portraying throughout the entire show. Gotcha. So it's irritating to hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know I have problems when they use an actress that's like maybe too high pitched or like off pitched and it just doesn't work as well as like the movie actress did. But. Oh, yeah, she was spot on. Perfect for it. Yeah. You know? But I can't imagine it not being like that. So that's interesting. Yeah, so just go go into that knowing like this. This isn't my favorite version mm-hmm. of the album. It was just the the most recent, which I thought we should cover. Okay, um, but but again, like Jonathan Groff does, just smashes it out of the park. Obviously, I believe it. Yes, and the rest of the cast is is good as well. I just didn't particularly care for Audrey. Gotcha. But definitely definitely recommend. There is three cast albums out, I believe, so you can pick from those, which includes the one from the movie. And you can pick up the movie pretty much anywhere. It's probably in the dollar bin at your local Walmart. So go watch it. It's phenomenal. And if you can find the original, like the original, original 1960 film, I would be curious to see it. I don't know if I can find it, but I, I am curious. I know it's actually kind of terrible, but I want to see it just to say that I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So let us know if you've seen any of these editions, all of these editions, or like if you were part of the show, because it's super cool. But I think that's all we have, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody, so much. Thanks for tuning into this show. They should know the drill by now. Be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This helps us, you know, get boosted up in the numbers, get all of our notifications right away, and it's just cool as heck. So do it. <laughs> do it. And if you happen to be on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. Heck Yes. Of course, the best way to help us out is with word of mouth. So go ahead and tell your friends, your family, that weird little plant that's talking to you in the corner. Tell them about it too, but don't give them blood. No. No don't blood. Don't do it. No matter what they promise. Unless they promise us a white audience, then do it. Yeah. That's fine. But yeah, we really appreciate any and all organic growth you can give us. You're pretty cool and we're pretty cool. So you should definitely reach out to us on the interwebs because we're kind of all over it. We are everywhere. You can't escape us. So you can find us all over the interwebs. We are on Facebook at Save Me and Seat. We're on Twitter at Save and Seat. We're on Instagram at Save Me and Seat. And we're on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. And you can reach out to us a little more privately at SaveMeAndAlSeat at gmail.com. We are everywhere, just like all of the Audrey 2s. <laughs> the clippings. They made their way into the podcast. Ah, don't feed them. Yes, so for... If you like us and want more of us, because we're pretty great, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This is where you're going to find other shows that we do and are part of and are producing in the future. So that is the best way to keep track of all things that we got going on. But I believe that is all we have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Save Me Now See. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Don't feed your plants. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. If you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. 
For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.